Diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up this No, 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 no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, suck no, no. You, you are. defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Jobber Knocker Podcast. As always, is Nestle Mini. Alongside for the ride is JC. JC, what's up, bud? Double or nothing, Nestle Mini. That's what I like to say. Go big or go home. Make that money, baby. They're in Vegas this weekend. And Nestle Mania, you know, we're going to get to the shine, the heat, the hope, the comeback, the finish. But, you know, it is a pay-per-view week for AEW. Um, I might not be able to watch it, especially if there's a Game 7 for uh, Celtics and Heat. But uh, I figure, like, why don't we kick off the show with some AEW talk? I, you know what? I think that's a great idea. I think that's really, uh, you know, wonderful for everybody. I think we should do that. All righty. So we, before we get into actual double or nothing predictions, we do have an episode of Dynamite tonight on Wednesday. So if you're listening to this, we might sound dumb when we pick the wrong people to win. But uh, on Dynamite tonight, there are some stipulations, starting with my favorite thing in AW right now, and that is the MJF Wardlow Sean Spears thing. Tonight, Wardlow takes on the giant killer, Sean Spears, inside a steel cage with MJF as referee. And I believe Wardlow has to win this match to get his match on Sunday. So by hook or by crook, how is he going to do it? I wish I could figure that out. Honestly, I, in my head, I'm thinking the only thing I'm interested in is this, right? Like I want to see the finish of this matchup. I want to see what the hell is going on because, you know, MJF's like, I'm not counting the three and I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. So, I mean, if it's, if it's in a steel cage, I guess they're not climbing. So what's going to happen? Well, an AW steel cage uh, are different matches. are different. Right. So I am curious how they uh, pull this off or it's one of those things, maybe Wardlow has Spears pinned and grabs MJF's arm and one, two, three, four him or something that that could be one way to do it. But yeah, this, I am hyped for this. Like, and you know me steel cage match hater, but as we've talked about several times, the AEW steel cage matches are a little different. I expect this to be good. I mean, when Sean Spears took on punk, it was a squash. So I'm curious, I think with the cage and MJF being in there too, might make it not so much of a squash um, this time around, but uh, it definitely has my attention. I wouldn't be surprised if this kicked off the show tonight. I would think so. I, I really would because I mean, what else can you possibly put on this card? I mean, there's a lot on there. There's a lot of Owen stuff. I get it. Yeah. But I feel like this is the one. If it's not beginning or end of the show, it has to be top of the hour at nine o'clock. Because I think it, the it, beginning so of the good. show also makes sense too. Because uh, game five, uh, Celtics Heat is at eight thirty. So yeah. the first half hour of Dynamite uh, is really going to be what they want to get your eyes on. Same thing we saw with Cody at halftime on Monday, and Tony Khan actually said this morning that. Um, if there is a game seven between Celtics heat, he's trying to figure out how to stack the card kind of around that we've kind of seen, uh, you know, before the WWE do that when remember when AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose kicked off a show for the WWE championship, because I believe a football game and stuff. So we've seen this before. So that is something to be interested in. Um, we do have some other matches though, tonight on dynamite FTR is taking on the team of Trent Beretta and Rocky Romero for the ring of honor tag team championships. I'm sorry. I'm going to piss off a lot of people. When I hear Ring of Honor, I just think, please get your own show. I don't want to hear about it. We agree. We agree. The only good thing about it is it's FTR. So 
Go yeah. FTR. Uh, we also have a there's a triple threat tag team title match that we'll talk about in a moment. Jungle Boy, Swerve, and Starks will be uh, having a fun little match. I look forward to that, but it doesn't really matter. It's just like an exhibition. But we do have, like you mentioned, three matches in the Owen tournament, two tonight on Dynamite, one Friday on Rampage. We'll start with the men's. Who's going to take on Adam Cole, baby? Will it be Cool Kyle O'Reilly or Dun, 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 Dun? I know it's not his music anymore, but Samoa Joe. I mean, you would imagine it's Samoa Joe, right? Like, that's what people say. Yeah. But... There's also that Kyle and, you know, Adam Cole not necessarily getting their whole thing over with. So it, it's hard. Like, what do you like for me? I can think of I can see Samoa Joe winning and winning the whole thing. And then we have Punk win against. We'll talk about it later. But then you have the CM Punk Samoa Joe. Oh, my God. They're revisiting it 40 years after the fact. And then they're also maybe Adam Cole wins the whole damn thing and then goes up against Hangman and wins this time. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of interesting possibilities here because I'm still an Adam Cole guy, but it's hard. Like it's hard to sit there and think how many chances is Adam Cole going to get? Yeah. And I'm going to try to save my predictions for the Owen Hart finals, but it's I'm leaning that way as well. And in the women's, I might be leaning for his wife too. So you'd have a little bit of double trouble there with the Owen winners, but we'll get there. I do think in this match, I think you're on the right track. I think it is Samoa Joe. I think you can revisit Adam and Kyle down the line. Now's not the time. Also, these pay-per-views are long enough. We don't need a 40-minute match added to it. Um, then we have the woman uh, need to decide theirs. On Wednesday, the match of Britt Baker and Tony Storm. This sure feels like it could have been the finals, but it is the semifinals. Nestlemania. I'm leaning Britt Baker, but it would be kind of cool to see Tony win this tournament. I feel like they've given Britt Baker too much, so I feel like this doesn't need to be hers. There's other women in this division that necessarily need something. You know, Britt can't be the best at everything and she, well, she can, but I mean, at some point you give somebody so much, the rest of the, the rest of the roster will look emaciated in, in achievement. And I, I just, I look at that and I think there's so many, like Tony Storm needs a big win. Tony Storm yeah, needs a signature thing. And if she wins the whole damn thing, that'd be really cool. But I don't, I don't see her winning it either. Yeah, that's the, see, that's the problem with me is that's why to me this felt like a finals because I would be surprised if Britt Baker wasn't on the pay-per-view. You know what I mean? She's arguably their biggest female star, her and Jade. You can, you know, 1A, 1B, however you want to look at it. But it just, it'd be weird to me for her not to be on pay-per-view. So the fact that this is in the finals, it's felt weird for me the whole time, especially when we look at Friday's matchup, which uh, was supposed to be, I believe, Sheeta and Soho, but Chris Statlander replaced uh, Sheeta. So it is Statlander and Ruby Soho. I'm picking Statlander from there. So that would set up Britt Baker versus Statlander for me on pay-per-view. I'm curious what you think. I like what Statlander's doing. But I don't necessarily love like they haven't explained it enough for me to really get behind it. Yeah, it's I all feel on like they, elevation and dark. They just they just push it out there. And the other thing too is like, and again, I know that AEW is action, 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 and that's wonderful. But as somebody that is not a diehard that is not going to watch elevation, as someone that's not going to watch dark, I need some handholding. I need some explanation to okay, why the character change? Like you look great, but what what's the difference, right? Like what are we doing here? So when I'm looking at it, I'm thinking. Chris Statlander, uh, Chris, I love Chris Statlander. I think she's awesome. Like I would cheer for her every single time. I've seen her work. She's great. But now what? Right. And then you get the Ruby Soho, who, you know, they make the joke. She's in, been in catering ever since she lost to, to Brit. She should win because she's awesome. But again, like, is she relevant at this point? I no, don't know. That's it's, the I, problem. Yeah. It's, it's, these, this matchup is more relevant. The other one, that's why to me, it just, I don't know, it feels unbalanced. I, I just feel like the unfortunate task about the the AEW women's division in general is like they care about two or three, maybe, and they dust the chestnuts off when they need to instead of keeping people at least lukewarm. 
You don't have to be red hot. Yeah. But at least keep them like simmering so that we actually care about these people. Yeah, and that's the kind of been the difference. Like with Raw and NXT, like there's so much woman storylines and matches right now. It's awesome to see. It's like it's more than half the show, it feels like on both those brands where AEW, it's like maybe you get a woman's match. Usually get a short Jade promo, but maybe you get a women's match, but that's really it. Or maybe you get Tay Conti just like following Sammy around. Like, but that's that's pretty much all they give you. So it does kind of hurt their division. I will say I'm a little bummed because whether it was Sheeta versus Brit or Sheeta versus Storm, that would have been awesome. So I really feel like we lost something there with her taken out. Not that Chris Statlander isn't amazing, but we've seen Chris and Britt, you know, and I feel like that's where we're going again. I mean, Chris and Storm would be cool, but with no lead up, it's just like, you know, what are we doing? But sure. Uh, but yeah, it's time to get to the actual pay-per-view Nestlemania because now that we are through the muck of the week, um, so also we might be completely wrong by that. But for me, Nestlemania, I mean, the best part of this pay-per-view might be the free part. And I'm talking about a tag team match player on the buy-in. And that is Hookhausen, the team of Hook and Danhausen, taking on Tony Nese and smart Mark Sterling. This is going to be awesome. Look, I mean, we know that Tony got his win over poor Danhausen very quickly and the internet lost their fucking minds, right? So, I mean... I understand that. I was upset too. But if you look like at Dan, it. if you look at Dan Housen, it works, right? Like it makes yeah. you upset. It gives you a visceral reaction to it. And I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see what people think about this because you know, Hook Housen's going to win. Hook ain't going to lose. And you know, and honestly, I would think what it would happen here would be Hook gets, you know, the submission in on Tony Nice, and then Dan Housen does something equally, maybe the same, red rum. <laughs> And they just look at each other, and of course, Nice doesn't tap out, but Mark, you know, Smart Mark gets the because he can lose. Smart Mark doesn't matter. The crowd he's will pop manager. for it. Yeah, he'll pop for it. It'll be great. I mean, he's a great worker, but you know, it's fun. Like I think that's what it is. It's just you just need some fun at the beginning of the night because the one thing, and I think you and I, I think we watched the last one together. I think it was Revolution. I love that it's wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. Like that's wonderful. But you, you and I were saying like people are taking as much time as they want. They rush through all these video packages. And then it's like, you're at 12 o'clock at night. And I just feel like I'm exhausted and, and and we'll get through this card, but there's what 10 matches on this card includes, including the, the buy-in. Yeah. And I, I'm looking at this and I, I'm and again, and it's no disrespect to anybody at all, but I'm interested in maybe three matches out of the 10. Maybe yeah. I, this is probably, it's weird. Cause like double or nothing. Like it's probably my favorite of the AEW pay-per-views. It feels like historically, but this one looking at it, it just, it doesn't feel like I do have interest in Hangman Punk. I do have interest in, um, the, uh, the tag title match just because it'll be fun, even though it's not really with real tag teams. Um, and then it, but besides that, it's just, and then obviously MJF and Wardlow, it's actually not listed on the Wikipedia. So I got to make sure I actually right. bring that up because it's there, but that's, that's what's, that's what, if I bought the pay-per-view, that's what would sell it would be MJF and Wardlow. And it's just kind of tough because the rest of it is just like, we'll get into it now. We can start, uh, um, we'll just go right in order. Um, I mean, I'm interested in this because they're two of my favorite performers. That is a singles match for the AEW TBS Championship. But we all know the result. Jade Cargill defending against Anna Jay. Like, it's one of those things like Jade Cargill defended against Tay Conti on pay-per-view for obvious reasons. She's defending against Anna Jay on pay-per-view for obvious reasons. So this uh, will probably be pretty quick work. But, you know, we'll get the baddies entrance. We'll get Jade doing her thing. They'll get Anna Jay on pay-per-view. Everybody wins. Yeah, I, I thought this was a JC match when I saw it. So I was just like, okay, I'll lay out and let him have it because Jake Cargill can do no wrong. And the rest of the, you know, division, it's like, it really is. They they care about Jade, which is great. They care about Britt. But then after that, I feel like it falls off. So I know, and it's a shame because you tough. didn't mention their champion and they, it really doesn't feel like they put much stock. Oh, in no. Own. And we'll talk about that, I'm sure, later. It's just, it's yeah. rough. 
So we're both picking Jade. We agree Huckhausen and Jade for our first two. Next up, we have the finals of the men's Owen Hart Cup. Um, it'll be Kyle O'Reilly or Samoa Joe taking on Adam Cole Bay. Like I said, we both think it's Samoa Joe, but it doesn't matter to me, Nestlemania, because this tournament feels like it was made for Adam Cole Bay. Really? I'm I'm surprised you're sticking with the Cole. Yeah. I, I thought you would go with uh Samoan Jones, you know? Samoan Jones. Yeah. That's what that's what Todd <laughs> called him. Uh look, I just I feel like for some reason Samoa Joe is supposed to win this. I don't know why. I'm gonna yeah, pick he's got a random ring of honor title. He doesn't need it. I mean, but he was like he basically said I'm coming back for the AW championship. Right? Like they gave him the other one. But like, come on. I- I'm I'm gonna put Joe down for me because I'm I'm me. But come on. Do you really do you really think that Joe is gonna lose? Come on. Yeah, I do. Adam Cole Bebe. Oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be wrong. You know what's easy? Cause Samoa Joe is going to be Kyle O'Reilly. And then you get those two fucking morons, him and fish fry running out and helping Adam Cole. Like you, they always do. see, but you did the smart thing. You pick something that's actually in the finals. I could lose. I could lose. You could. You and you then I'm out already. Yeah, so well, guess what? For the women's one WrestleMania, we don't have a choice because uh, we're picking before they happen. That is the women's final for the Owen Hart uh, cup. It'll be storm or Baker taking on Soho and Statlander. I had Baker and Statlander. You know what? Do I take a chance here? Do I think I you should. It's early in the year. Take a chance. I'm going to take Chris Statlander as my winner of the tournament. Wow. Because I think the important thing for me is that Britt had to be on the pay-per-view. She doesn't necessarily have to win. So, I don't know. I mean, who knows? If Statlander's not even in the match, then whatever. But I just, I don't know. I feel like, you know, obviously she wasn't in the original whatever. And this was, this was supposed to be she this slot. And maybe this tournament really was made for Tony Storm or Britt Baker. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with an upset here and take Chris Statlander. Chris Statlander. Hmm. So you pick Statlander. I'm going to have to go with. Oh, man. I just feel like Tony Storm has to be it. I don't know why. I honestly, if if I booked this, I would have her. I would want Tony Storm to win. They need to push her. Tony Storm is someone. Like, I felt this when she was in WWE when I saw her in NXT UK, NXT, the tournament, the back of the day, the May Young. I thought that Tony Storm is a bona fide star. She mm-hmm. can be a bona fide star. Like, her, her, her promos ever be mega elite? No, but like she has everything you want. The look, the style, the way she acts, the attitude. And like there are some people that are just cool. Like and Tony Storm is just cool. And her name's Tony Storm. That's a cool name too. So it's just like this is someone that AEW should put a lot of weight behind and really push. And she's the type of person that, yeah, I mean, if there is a list of people that might t- dethrone Jade at some point or something, like Tony Storm should be on that list. If there's someone who should be the next AEW Women's World Champion, Tony Storm should be on that list. So, yeah, I know I agree. This tournament should be for her. But uh, so you're probably going to get this one right, but we'll see. I would think only because of the ties to Tony being in Japan and Owen being in Japan. And that's the only footage they have. That was my thought, too. There was some kind of lineage. Okay. There. okay. So that, I, there was some method to my madness here. I like it. I like that. I like your reasoning. Next up, WrestleMania, we have a singles match for the AEW Women's World Championship. And I don't want to be too hard on this, but this is one of the worst. Le- this is like this makes like the WWE lead ups in some of their women's feud look amazing compared to this because this has been awful. And it's like it's man. It's like I love Thunder Rosa. We love Thunder Rosa. She's great. She's awesome. The crowds love Thunder Rosa. But AEW and the way they book it don't seem to love Thunder Rosa because they never make her look great. And Serena Deeb has not shared the build up to get to this point. Like with her squash matches and stuff was interesting. But the minute these two started interacting, man, these segments have been absolutely brutal. I'm assuming that Thunder is going to retain and will be on her way. The match will probably actually be a banner, but man, they have not done right by these women in terms of a feud. 
I mean, the promo with the with the Dustin Rhodes thing the other the other night, or oh. was that was that was really 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 rough. They've not done a great job with Thunder Rosa out of the gate. Like we said, she's only had like, I think the battle of the belts defense. And that's pretty much all she's done with the exception of, I think, well, maybe Nyla Rose beat her up a couple of weeks, but I, I mean, that was the only battle of the belts. The, like, the barely on TV. Right. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if there's not enough time. If double or nothing is just too big. Um, but as we get down the card, I think there's one culprit that I would, I just want to call out at some point um, that I think is really making AEW just unwatchable for me. Interesting. So yeah. now, now I, I think I know. I, I, I'm, I know, but I, I'm, I mean, Thunder Rosa has to win everything. We both have to say that, right? Yeah. No. She. Okay. I hope that this is like a turning point for her in her reign, where she they do let her become be that fighting champion she wants to be. Next up, we have a three way tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. The Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus with Christian Cage defend against Team Taz of Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, and Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Obviously, like AEW is known for their tag teams, and we get to yet another pay per view where it's like not real tag teams involved for the titles. But I will say, in terms of a match, like I think Starks and Hobbs worked well together. I think Swerve and Lee, just because you have the the big and the little, and Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy are the same way. So all three of these teams, like you have the three powerhouses, then you have the three flippy dippies. So. This match, honestly, could be the show stealer. This could be, in terms of in-rain and excitement, maybe the best match of the night, honestly. So I'm personally excited for it. Obviously, I think uh, Jurassic Express will retain. I think there's a little more work for them to be done. But, uh, you know, this will be a fun pay-per-view and gets a lot of, like, deserving people on the card, at least. The thing that I've thought about a lot right here is it's great to see Jurassic Express as the tag team champions because they've, I say quotes, because they it's not like they're paper champions. But I look at this and I think Team Taz and then, of course, this makeshift tag team of Keith Lee and Strickland, which, again, have been great. Yeah. But definitely feels forced. And then, like, see how quickly they became a tag team, then became a top-ranked five tag team, and then became a number one contender for the tag team. Just proves my point about these fucking standings. They just don't care. They don't care at all, folks. They don't. And so that's the part that I get upset about, right? Like, standing, standing, standings. It's just I know we live in a fictional professional wrestling world. I get that, folks. But at least don't make my head hurt when I'm watching this and be like, "That's the one of the Gun Club here." That's I did. I, you know what? I wanted Hookhausen and then the Gun Club. That's what oh. I wanted. Because when that match happens, I'm in. I think Hookhausen. The, the, the scissoring Gun Club now. They oh yeah, because I boy Max. Yeah, oh, I forgot God, about Max. Yeah, and poor that. Anthony. When Cohen. he called Billy Gun Daddy, I fucking lost it. I. I, I, I felt so bad for fucking what's his name? Uh, Anthony Bowens. I hope he gets a speedy recovery with his yeah. knee. That that dude was doing so great. And uh, yep. I just think he's he's great. And I think he's the as we've talked about, he's definitely the guy in that tag team that works very, very, very. Not that Max doesn't, but Max kind of does. I mean, but yeah, Bowens is a pure wrestler. Caster yeah. brings more of like he's the, a panache. the extra. He's yeah. not a bad wrestler, but compared no. to Bowens, I think Bowens is fantastic. So here's the thing. I kind of want to go with Team Taz here. Do it. But don't be a coward. I'm just trying to think like if they give it to Swerve and, and Keith Lee, my my brain's going to explode, right? They like won't. they won't. They also won't take the pin in this match. So here's the other thing, too, is this match to me screams it should have been a TLC or, or a ladder match. That me. would have been a lot of fun. And I think that's what could have a stipulation. Maybe something crazy happens in the triple threat on Dynamite and they'd add one. But yeah, this no. seems like this seems like the one, right? Yeah, like this absolutely. seems like the one to do it. Absolutely. I don't know. So uh, for me, I, I guess. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Jurassic Express. I'm sorry, but I, I there, no because I got to try to win this year, not try to go back to back. But you know it, it's it's difficult. <laughs> try to win. Listen to this guy. I, you You're know, a tryhard. I, I am a tryhard. You're right. Well, not so many. I think next up, um, if I were to guess, 
this could be your soapbox, maybe. Uh, we have the Jericho Appreciation Society taking on. I'm not even gonna list all their names because no, nope, don't bother. The only one that is worth it is Chris Jericho. The rest, whatever. Taking on Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz, and the Blackpool Combat Clubs, Brian Danielson, John Moxley with William Regal. No Wheeler Yuta because apparently he doesn't matter anymore. He's, He's in Japan. Anarchy. He's Anarchy in and arena match. Yeah, but uh, you know, wouldn't you want if he was such so amazing? Would you want him on your pay per view? This this match right here. These these 10, 11 people are the reason that AEW sucks right now. 100%. They are killing time because they go out and they do these extraneous promos that mean absolutely nothing. And Jericho sitting out there saying shit like, hey, I'm going to call you these things and talk about your drug addict, drug habits. I can't even talk. I'm so mad. Drug habits. Like, it's just I get what he's doing. Low hanging fruit trying to get heat. I understand that. But when they go over and then Regal goes over and they're both over times, it shows a lack of respect to the people that are trying to get on TV. Like nobody cares about them going back and forth for that long. Jericho and Regal can sell it in a backstage promo. You don't need 14 people out there trying to all get words in. And then, of course, you're sitting there and it's just like sports entertainment versus pro wrestling. Okay, great. But they've done everybody a disservice the minute they walk into that arena. And I think this match, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be whatever. It'll be haha. They made a joke of not doing this, you know, the stadium stampede. This is Anarchy of the Arena or whatever. But it just, it, every time I see the Jericho Appreciation Society, I turn it off. Every time I see the Blackpool, sorry, I can't even talk. I'm so bad. Blackpool, Blackpool, Blackpool. Combat, I can't, I, I can't. Blackpool Combat Club. Every time I see them, I think that's a snore fest, personally. I, I'm with you. I, I think that it's not for me. It's probably for somebody else. That's fine. But don't give me so much time. Like, don't dedicate this much time to it. Because honestly, we've seen this song and dance. We saw it with the inner circle, and we saw it, you know, with the MJF stuff. We saw it. Oh, we like we. It's the it's the young box elite and the other thing. Like they just do it every year. It's just they cycle it in, and it's just like it's June. We might as well do this thing. And it's just it's it's so rough. And I understand you're gonna get people on on TV, but do I want to see? 2.0 talk no do i want to see jake hager talk no i love santana ortiz but i don't want to see them talk i don't want to see daniel well, they didn't talk. get to talk in that promo right they're not scared for 20 minutes they weren't allowed at least, to talk. at least eddie kingston is smart enough to know when something's going Eddie's bad the best part of this feud. the best eddie, part of it and he knows to stop the, he makes chicken salad out of chicken shit like it's right. like he's just he's amazing like and then like literally selling the thing with brian danielson like just like they don't like each other and that glad they brought it up because I mean, that's that was that's been my biggest issue with the Black Bull Combat Club. It's just like for me looking at Brian Danielson and John Moxley, who are two faces of your franchise, and just putting them here and making them like a side piece so you can like parade out Regal and be like, oh, I can't believe WWE fired this guy. Oh, wait, he can't even fucking talk. That's probably why they did. You know, it's and he gets paid too much and they were moving on, like whatever. Regal's amazing. He's a legend. I love William Regal, but it's just like AEW, like it's just they, they've gone, they go too far with this stuff. And like the Jericho, I agree with everything. I don't even need to like reference him, whatever. Like you said, they're going to be fun patch this match, like whatever. But I just like I'm over this shit too. I'm assuming the Blackpool Combats, Kingston, Santana Ortiz's sure. will win. Um, but it's just like yeah, no, this is it's an exhausting part of Dynamite, and there's just a lot going on here. I just there's so much that makes me angry over it, and I just don't want to keep talking about it. But it's just it it blows well, my mind. Move on. <laughs> it blows my mind, please, because it blows my mind. Who are you taking? I'm taking Santana Ortiz and the BBC. All right, next up, we have well, another one of your favorite matches. A six-man tag match player, the House of Black, finally wrestling. I don't even think I've seen them wrestle before. Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King taking on Death Triangle, Pac, 
Penta and Ray Phoenix with Alex Ebrahantes. I mean, look at I I love uh, Penta and Phoenix. Uh, I like a lot of these guys individually. I don't give a fuck about this match, honestly. Will it be cool to watch? And will it probably be 15 minutes of absolute fucking spots and awesomeness? Of course it will. Um, in terms of a winner, it's tough because I feel like the House of Black can't lose. Um, so I guess I'll take House of Black. Wow, I didn't expect you to pick House of Black. Yeah, they don't do much for me, but... I mean, in theory, they should win. Uh, but I feel like they haven't really gotten their comeuppance yet, especially with beating up, like, Por Fuego. Don't get me started. So I feel like I have to pick the Death Triangle because I, I'm i just... I have such a soft spot for fucking Penta. And, and, and I love Penta. And the two of them... I mean, They're I love so I love Pac, too. But, like, there's something about the that tag team that I think... They're just, they have it. And I just, every time I see them on my screen, I just get excited for them. So I, you're probably right that it's going to be House of Black because House of Black needs something, something, anything. They haven't done anything since they become I, a stable. Besides trying to get Julia Hart. whoop de do. I can't, I can't wait to perpetually roll my eyes when there's six man tags, titles. Just, oh, I cannot they're wait coming. for that. They're coming. Oh, I know. Once I know. Omega's back. Stop the Omega countdown clock. Count on a six-man tag titles. I, I, there's no way you could tell me that that means anything to anybody. There's no way you can. You, there's no way you can show me that there's importance to six-man tags. Not I, one. I agree. I agree. Shall we move on? Yes. The Hardys taking on the Young Bucks. Um, you know, I, I, we saw this the last time the Hardys were out. I believe it was good. Now Matt Hardy can barely walk, and Jeff Hardy can barely do his moves anymore because he's finally being smarter. Thank God. Um, I don't care. We're being honest. I mean, I think the Hardys are going to win just because I don't think the Bucks care about wins and losses. Um, they'll probably, again, this will probably be fun because the Young Bucks always deliver. But I don't care. I don't care. I do care about this one. I think this is a good Ooh, one. Okay. I think I'm, I'm excited because I saw their match in Ring of Honor before they came back to the WWE. I thought that was a really spectacular thing. Clearly, that was like six years ago. So everybody's a little bit more banged up. But I think that this is something that they'll always have fun with. And that they they lost to FTR, I think, the second time, like just recently. You know what I mean? Uh, so I feel like the Young Bucks, I can't remember if the Young Bucks won the first one or not. I would imagine they did. They did, because I... Because then the Hardys had to leave the next night or whatever. Yeah, I believe so. I There's something about it that once... I'm going to pick the Young Bucks. I don't know why, Ooh. but I just think the Young Bucks, they need something here, right? Like... The the Hardys to me are like, not to be you know joking here. They're bulletproof in a lot of ways because they're the Hardys. They're like at that HBK level of like, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. You come up the next night, you do the jive. But I would say the Young Bucks are kind of in the same category. That's why you know I think you can make that case on either side. Well, I just think that I don't think less than either of these teams if they no. But I mean, if the Hardys win, do you think the Hardys get catapulted into being the tag team champions? I could see them doing Hardys versus Jurassic Express. I don't know if they'll win. But, I mean, you also have the FTR factor, which they're not even on the pay-per-view, which is a disservice, but I don't know. They have That's the problem, is AEW has a lot of good tag teams, and they're just they're not putting them in position for the championships, which you can get away with this here. Hardys and Young Bucks, a good feud. But then, again, you also have the stupid Red Dragon, which people love rolling around, and so. So, before we get to the main event, we didn't talk about MJF and Well, Wardlow. no, I was going to do that next. Okay. I was All right, make sure. So, we're, Wardlow's winning that steel cage match somehow. We're getting MJF Wardlow WrestleMania at pay-per-view. And, I mean, I think this feud has been amazing. I don't think it really needs to go 
on beyond this pay-per-view. So I feel like a definitive win for Wardlow is how you do it. And you have him break away. If you think this is going to extend, then maybe MJF cheats and he wins and they run it back. But for me, I think they might separate for a while. You can always go back to it when one of them has a title or something. But for me, I think we're getting a definitive win for Wardlow. I think you need a definitive win here and you need Wardlow to go after that TNT championship because he's not ready for the, the prime time of the AW champion. But I think that he's he's proven himself that he can do the facial expressions. He can he looks like money. You know, it's like the, the Jade comment. You look like money, smell like money, it's money, you act like money, it's money. So I, I I'm in on Wardlow, the Goldberg presentation, the whole you know, kit and caboodle, but I feel like they have to keep not putting the brake on. But just, they got to do something here to me, like give him another obstacle again after MJF. Like once he's finally getting cleared, okay, great. Now he's got a new challenge that he's going to struggle with. Because if he just plows through everybody, then I think you lose a little bit of that excitement. For, for, for me, I feel like he needs to be in trouble at least every once in a while. I'd be cool with that. I think there's just a lot of ways you can go for either guy. And <clears throat> MJF, he doesn't take many losses, but when he does, it don't matter for him either. But WrestleMania, that leaves us one match left. It is the main event, and that is Hangman Adam Page defending his AEW World Championship against CM Punk. I think we're both leaning towards Punk here. I think this is kind of a discussion that we've had the last few months of who would be the one to dethrone Hangman, and we both, I think, have been on the same page that it felt like it was Punk because if not now, when? So I think it's now. You ready for this? Yep. I'm picking Hangman. I love it because I kind of want Hangman to win. I kind of want this thing. I think this is the first time. This, this here's the thing, right? Like I love CM Punk. I do, right? Like everybody that knows me will make fun of me and be like, "Yeah, I didn't like CM Punk," you know. But like the one thing, the one thing that turned me was when Hangman said, "No masturbatory Bret Hart tributes during my matches," and I went, "I'm in. I'm fucking it." Like how so can you hate good. that person? How so can you good. fucking hate that guy? Because I was looking at it, going, "He's just, he just, he's him." He exuberant, like he's just, when he comes out, it's just authenticity. When he walks out and he does that like strut and he's like huffing and puffing to the ring. And I just, there's something about Hangman. I just don't want it to end. Like, I feel like when it ends, it's going to end and it may never come back. Like he may never, never get another shot at it. And that's what hurts my feelings. Which feeling. would be a shame because he is so freaking good. But I just feel like as long as he's there, he can continue to do what he wants to do. Yeah. But after that. Then you get to this John Moxley, Daniel Bryan, or sorry, Brian Danielson. You get to the the Jerichos of like, I still have to be on TV and take up all of your time, but I'm not really contributing. And, and, and to me, you're not really contributing in a fashion that's believable or helpful to anybody else but yourself. So at least I know Hangman's probably not that selfish. But then we talk about selfish being CM Punk. I mean, is CM Punk really going to be the guy? I don't know. I I, I think... If I had to play devil's advocate, I think he's at a point in his life where he thinks he doesn't need it. I'm hoping. I'm hoping he believes that. I think so, but I think it's just that he was gone for so long. I think, I think he needs one. It was just kind of like the decision. Like obviously, it was they'd made the the Jericho. We agree it was the right one, but it was just like one of those things. It's like you need the one for Jericho. He never needs to sniff that world title again in AEW, but you need the one, and it was the first one. And I feel like for Punk, it just like. You need one, and then it's going to be a big deal, whether it's MJF or someone who dethrones him eventually. Like, that'll be a, it'll be a big deal, too. And I think it's having someone like Punk take it off Hainman, kind of like it'll shine better on Hainman, too, you know? So even though I would like to see his reign extend, I don't know. It just feels like time. 
I hope you're wrong because if Punk I do too, go Hangman. <clears throat> I don't. I just I feel like I, Punk hasn't impressed me with a lot of his TV. Like, no, that, I mean, that's one of those like, things. He's appointment television when Hangman's actually on. He says something and does something a little bit better than most people on the show. So and he has better lower thirds. He does have better lower thirds. Shout out to the graphics department because us TV guys, we love good graphics. So it is what it is. All right, that's Double or Nothing WrestleMania. So we hit on AEW. It is now mm. time to get in the regular part of the program. We'll try to go faster this week because we've already been we talked about AEW a long time, which it deserves it. It's a big week for them. Uh WrestleMania, we head to the shine, always in the shine, much like Mandy Rose, who is still the measuring stick, defeating Empty Hartwell on NXT, always in the shine, Mandy Rose, as always. But WrestleMania, uh, I want to mix it up this week, and I want you to kick off the shine with your biggest shine of the week. Well, look, I mean, we'll just talk where, where it started, right? Usos win big time. I think that this is an absolute huge deal for the Usos. I think it's a big deal for the bloodline. We got into a heated argument uh, on the Jobberknocker thread about does this make the Usos the best tag team ever? Uh, and how do you critique or have a criteria of what makes the greatest tag team ever? And then as you're doing it, you realize you forget certain tag teams in certain eras, certain promotions, and then... It really just boils down to it's what you believe in, right? So, like, will I say that they're the, probably the best in the WWE? Probably. Without a doubt. You know, right I now, think right now, doubt. right now, yes. Forever? Who knows? Past, present? There's a there's a lot of people in there that would say, oh, the New Day. Or I said Legion of Doom, and people were like, what the fuck are you talking about, Legion of Doom? But... Legion of Doom was crazy with merchandise sales. And, yeah, no. And, well, the problem is, well, I mean, if you like, say that on Twitter, you're getting a right. certain part of the audience sure. is coming at you. So, sure. And they're not going to be the part of the audience that loves Legion right. of Doom. And people, and people also say stuff like, and I, I tend to agree with this too. Like, I'm not a huge fan of Road Dog, but the, the contributions of the New New Age Outlaws, they're to me, they're in the conversation of best tag team in the WWE because Hardys, Dudleys, Hardys, Dudleys. You know what I mean? But then, you know, I hear other people saying like other things, and this is the part that got me a lot of flack which was to me the argument that like look it's subjective depending on who you're talking to it's always subjective these these goat conversations but to me if you don't make it to the wwe then you're not the greatest of all time you're just not i i I think that's hard to say but like if someone says they're the greatest tag team ever well did you go to the wwe no okay to me that's like saying you never got to mlb you never got to the nfl you know know what i mean like you can and I know that arguments that I know there's definitely a wobbly, wobbly argument on it. I understand that. But I think that there's merit to it, JC, because if you look at it this way, if you like Conway said to me, Kings of Wrestling might be the greatest tag team he's ever he's ever thought of. Now, that's great. Now, you say that to a layman on the street. They have no idea who the Kings of Wrestling are. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I, I, don't, I, I don't know who they are. Right. That's that's Cesaro. <laughs> I do a wrestling and, podcast. I don't yeah, know who they are. Cesaro and. Uh, your boy Chris Hero. I oh, say okay. your boy. I didn't know their name. I but, knew they were a tag team. But but that's what I'm saying. Like the thing is, is it's notoriety plays a part of it. You have to know who they are in order to me to see how far their reach is. And that's, that is the to me. That's what I look at. I agree with that aspect. But I will say that um, I it's t- it's tough when you make the sports comparisons because I saw I like read all the back and forth you guys had on Twitter. I didn't get involved because I figured I'd save it for here. But. Like the MLB AAA thing doesn't really work for me because that's AAA is still MLB. It's just being like, it's pretty much like Raw and NXT. Like that's what MLB right. AAA is. I thought actually the comment that I saw that I thought was a good comparison for your argument was I think Billy said Broadway. Broadway's the biggest show for like those performers. That's how they get out there. It's the biggest stage, quote unquote. So 
calling WWE Broadway, like, absolutely, I agree with that. So if you don't make it to Broadway, then you're probably not on that level for that thing. Um, I think that's, I think, I mean, the one that jumps out, obviously, is the Young Bucks. They haven't had an interest in going to WWE. They're definitely they're definitely one of the greatest of all time. Are they the greatest of all time? I don't know. I don't have a good answer to this conversation. I really don't. It's a hard answer because we all have our personal biases. Like I'm I like the Dudleys way more than other people do because I think they're incredible. But they do I think they're the best ever? I don't know. It's that's a tough answer. I think the Ustos are in the discussion. I think this is one of those things where like their work has always been good. They've obviously they've been consistent, this and that. And this is the kind of thing that you can put kind of at the top of the list of their resume when you're making the argument. So I think this definitely puts them in the conversation if they weren't already. I think they're there now. I would put them ahead of the New Day. I put them ahead of all like the current WWE tag teams. I'm close. I mean, you do. I think you do have to. It is tough to grade because with the Young Bucks, you have different things. FTR, obviously, they did go to WWE. They won every title they had and all their things. They've won every title everywhere they go. So when they're done, I think they're on that level too. Are they there right now? I don't know. It's it is a tough discussion, but I think it's it is exciting for the Usos because we kind of talked about this after WrestleMania, where it was like you know Roman's got his things, and now he just decided to not defend them ever. But it was like they made it a point, like let's bring the Usos to his level in the tag team realm, and they've done that. And I think the hardest part for like I love FTR, right? Like I think they're to me they're like the no nonsense meat potatoes tag team that just get a job done, and I love it. I love that. I don't like all the flash all the time. And I think like they've gone everywhere, like you said, and they've won titles, which is great. But the other thing that I've thought about too is how long has that tag team held those titles, right? Like, have they had a definitive reign? Have they had like a massive reign? Like, because the Usos, this is a massive reign. For yeah, them. but that that I think the tough part with that is then you get into the discussion of like in terms of like how they were booked. It's not always in their control. Which, granted, if you're great, they'll usually keep it to you, but. I, it's that's where I think it gets tougher. That's why for me, like my personal criteria is I look at like in terms of like their star power, in terms of their entertainment power, their in-ring power, their overall presence, things like that. In terms of how they're booked, man, it's tough because there are some people that get the greatest booking in the world. And there are some people who don't get as good as booking depending on the type of character they are or whatever. So that to me kind of, that's the part I have, I struggle with. I can understand using that as a point because obviously the Usos, they're undeniable. That's why they've given this reign, and that's why the power's behind them. But, man, it's tough because, you like, we make fun of reigns or whatever. It's like, you know, Sasha and Charlotte are some of the shortest reigns ever, but I don't devalue that because of them. A lot of the times they're no, trading but I mean, titles with each other. Right, but, and I, that, that's fair. That's a fair point. Yeah. I just I, – I'm looking at this like it's a definitive moment for the Usos, right? Like, I think oh, this yeah, 100%, is I agree. a big moment for them. They've done a great job. I like that Roman actually got involved. I liked that Riddle did his, you know, Randy's been dealing with stuff, didn't want to lose anything, one, you know, sucked it up for me so I could have this moment for you guys. I like that was nice. That was a great moment. Uh, they obviously ruined it with a six man tag that nobody cared about, but that's beside the point. And then we're on to the races, I assume, for something else down the line. Now, where does Usos go from here? I don't know. I don't think there's many people that can go except maybe the Street, street Profits. You know, Mikey so. Raiders, New Day, Fight Night, or what they have a new name, Brawling Brutes. They got enough tag teams, but it's just like it's now that these titles are merged, quote unquote, it just I agree with you. It doesn't feel like any of those teams are the teams to beat them because it's much like the Roman Reigns thing. It's like this was literally done just so he could carry two belts. Well, what happens when he's not the champion anymore? They I would hope they would split him again. I kind of feel the same thing about the Usos. So I think they're in an interesting spot now because it's like, do we just have this dominant run where all the titles being on three guys and whatever? But I don't know. It's an interesting spot WWE has put themselves in, which I think we got past the peak. Now it's like, what happens as we fall down the mountain, you know? 
Yeah, I got you. All right, what else do you think? of relevancy. Yeah, um, right. So uh, this is interesting. Uh, this is probably going to surprise you, but the reason why I like the shine is because it kind of like, it really got me thinking this week. In a week where it's like, yeah, the, like we're getting closer to Hell in a Cell. So a lot of stuff is good, but it's like kind of more the same. Something that I've like really, you know, we're in week three of it now. And that is Alexa Bliss's new character. I'm watching it in WrestleMania. And I'm just trying to figure it out because there she gives like these little tidbits, whether she's talking or the way she acts of like all of her former different characters. I'm just like, what is going on here? And like all this and that. And I like, all I could think of the whole time watching this is like, I need to talk to Nestle. I need the detective hat on. I need it. I know I'm putting you on a spot, but for me, like watching this, I was so interested in it. And that to me, like that makes something shine when I'm so intrigued by it. And yeah, she just, she beat her former partner, Nikki, and she did like the weird handshake and Nikki was all confused. Like there's just all these little breadcrumbs they're leaving everywhere, but she's just coming out smiling. She's happy. She still has the doll like this and that. It's just, I know there's something more to this and I, I want to unpack it because like it's, it's intriguing to me right now. She's definitely on the road to doing something fun. It's just, we're going to take a slow, slow turn to it. And I think you're right. I was looking at this, looking at like, she's like a potluck, right? She's taking mm-hmm. every little bit and then like throwing it together. And when she had that backstage segment, all I could think about was, wow, I forgot how good she was. So good, dude. And like, it was just, it was authentic, but it was just like, well, shucks, you know, it's just going to be a thing over here and she sucks and whatever. And we're going to move on. And there's my music, you know? And it's like, okay, great. Like, you're a doll. I love it. You know, and then you moved on. And it, it it's hard for me because I feel like what I've noticed is they're steering away from the Lily thing as far as they can until what I think is going to end up happening is she's going to encounter something here where it goes very badly. Like a trigger. Yeah. And yeah. I think what I'm looking for here is that Alexa Bliss is going to act all happy and act all in control until she can't. Cause something's out of her hands. And I think that's when the Lily thing takes over. And I think what they're going to end up doing here, at least if it was me. And I think this is the best part that you can do for Alexa bliss is what does this character like? There's like, let's say there's three to five different versions of Alexa bliss, right? Now you can look at it. Like she's even more of a plug and play character because this version of Alexa fits with that person. Then she's going up against a big Haas. Then it's maybe the crazy one, you know? And it's like, you can find a way to take different parts of her and be like, great. Okay. She's going up against Shayna Baszler. We'll just put the, the bitch Alexa bliss over here. You know, like, so I think that's, what's going to be the most fun thing here is that you're going to get a little bit of everything. And I think once that Lily thing happens, we're going to see like a multiple personality. Don't know who she is. Like I would, I would love to see her wear like three different versions of like makeup or like something like, just something where like the clothing like a three face. Looks, yeah, at least just something <laughs> weird. You know what I mean? Like that she's clearly within like freaking out or like can't deal with it or multiple personality disorder or something. I think that because I think she's strong enough character wise that we would buy it, which I don't think a lot of people can do. And I think that she doesn't necessarily need to be a champion. And I think that this is how you keep her interesting because the crowd still wants to cheer for her. But she's also can be a sympathetic figure if you know that she's going through something and she can also be a bitch too. So I think it's it's great because whatever this is, as as fresh as it is, I'm not necessarily in love with the theme and I've gotten a lot of heat for that and that's fine. Yeah, she uh, likes it. Whatever, I'll get used yeah, to it. Whatever. It's just, it's interesting to me to see where this goes because I think this is definitely, if, if the Fiend was supposed to continue, I feel like this is where it would have been going. A little less creepy. Just more like, oh, I wear a mask when I have to. I'm a show, you know, I'm a show host when I have to be. You know, like, 
I'm a, you know, a swamp thing when I need to be, you know, it's just like, I think that's kind of like the undertaker never did that. Right. Like it would have been awesome to be like, you don't know what version of the undertaker you're getting. That to me would have been cool. But with Alexa bliss, I think that's a cool little extra. Like, you know how, like you were excited when you see the demon, you know, not that you're going to get excited about Lily, but I think that you're going to get it, but there (laughs) could be, there could be other things that would make you excited about seeing different versions of Alexa bliss. And I think that's where they're headed. Okay. Interesting. I just, I think it's intriguing and I think it's something to watch. Um, something else in WrestleMania that I think is intriguing and something to watch. And that is just like, I mean, this promo was way too long, but the judgment day presentation, man, I just think it's top notch. I think this feud is honestly a lot of fun because for this, in terms of this feud, like, like obviously Finn wasn't there this week. Cause he's, he's got that Randy Orton, AJ schedule where they get time off whenever they want. Um, but AJ and Liv are just like, they're two like the cooler baby faces that we just like. Finn falls in that category too. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just, they're perfect like opponents for this judgment day as they build. And as we get to like, kind of like understand their message and get them heat. Cause you're facing some of the most fan favorite uh, superstars on raw. So it's just kind of building it. I think we still have the intrigue of them adding a fourth number. I thought the mixed tag match this week was something fresh and different. I did like that edge got involved uh, by helping Rhea beat live because you know, it just makes sense. But I just, Right now, man, I'm just I'm just enjoying it. And we're like when Liv and AJ too sweet in the rain, I'm popping like the crowd is. It's just it's just fun for something that like it just it could you could be looking at as a little random, but I think it just is it's the perfect mix right now of something on Raw where they got a ton of time this week. And like I said, promo is a little long and boring, but overall it's like I'm a lot. I'm glad that they're allowing like all these six in terms of this week, only five, just kind of shine and do their things as we like kind of get comfortable with this new like look and attitude. Fair. That's fair. Anything else that got you excited? Because for me, I thought it was a very heavy heat week. Yeah, I have uh, one more thing. Seth stealing that kid's weight belt and then like beating Cody with it and then Cody like limping to give it back. She's like, man, like they're like in this feud, like Cody and Seth are both hitting perfect games and it is against each other. So it is just making this feud so good where Seth is the biggest fucking ass on the road. But Cody fucking just destroyed making the crowd went nuts when he gave that weight belt back to the kid it's just like seth is the perfect villain cody is the perfect baby face for each other right now and it is just like it is meshing so well and i thought that was a really fun moment well i'm gonna get into the heat get him off my tv get him off my tv get him off my tv here's something i want to point out very quickly folks uh cody versus the miz that was probably the worst match i've ever seen the miz wrestle in his life i don't know if he had an off night or whatever i don't know if cody was just trying to do too much and and cody you know did what he could and and uh, i think even your boy everyone has bad nights miz had a bad night that was that was that was probably the worst match i'd ever seen in terms of the miz and uh even your boy coat not cody um Corey graves was trying to cover for it being like maybe he's overwhelmed by all this wrestling and all that other stuff i'm like okay you're trying you're trying here you everybody knows it's bad um but it, it was that was a tough that was a tough match to watch there's a lot here that made me very upset the almighty challenge which i had to watch mvp wrestle which made me hurt inside because i just want to see mvp talk because he can talk him into the it arena it made sense for this because it was inevitable that lashley and mvp had to get in the rain so i'm glad instead of making that the feud it was kind of like the piece but this is definitely heat because i have fatigue of this feud i just a little bit much as I like both those guys, Lashley and Omos, I just I'm fatigued by it. I'm just I'm nervous that the um that the actual the actual thing will be a, t- a handicap match after all this. Like that's what I'm like sitting here going. They're gonna they're gonna make it a handicap match that way when Lashley loses, it doesn't really matter again. And it's just like 
protection over anything else to me is just it's it's hard because it's like why are we doing this like well i was i was thinking and obviously they have money in the bank next so they could put them there but i was like as much fatigue as i have with this feud when it ends who do lashley and omas fight next like that's the problem i'm having it's like i feel like they don't have clear answers so these two might just fucking fight all the way through fucking SummerSlam, and that would just be oh oh it's already over in my head i don't want to do any more yeah i don't like, i just don't know where they go like they may if if roman was defending the title lashley is the perfect opponent because he's a big baby face right now but it's just like roman's just not defending titles so it's like we're stuck with this shit it's tough it's definitely very tough i mean there's a lot i don't know i just the other thing that I, i'm switching gear something that i would complain about very quickly is that becky lynch beats oscar after oscar returns and beats her the week becky the new just, charlotte put her right in there and it's just like again it was a decent match but then it's just like i i I think the ending is what really threw me off with like the slide in dive didn't move and then the roll up win it was just kind of an odd you know it was an awkward roll up it was an awkward thing and like it just seemed like it was dead it was just dead and it was just like okay good night everybody copyright and yeah you know and 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 it's hard it's really really hard because you don't necessarily know you don't know at all that match is probably going to be awesome at Hell in a Cell because these three women are great. But it just – we had a feeling last week, I think we kind of talked about it, that somehow Becky was going to get added to this. And I don't know. It just – I didn't – this segment kind of fell flat for me too. It's tough. I mean, there's a lot on here that just, like, made me very, very angry the whole week. But, like – Jerry Lawler, get him off my TV, Nestlemania. Jerry Lawler doing – and here's the thing. And I think I tweeted this out, but here's the thing with Jerry Lawler. The guy takes bumps every weekend. He couldn't take a bump or get into a like a, a submission for Veer. Yeah, let Veer kill him. Veer kills yeah. everyone. Yeah, like like they're actually concerned for Jerry Lawler. Come on, they're not. They're they're gonna Jerry Lawler's fine. He's probably in better physical health than half the roster. The guy yeah. the guy's like bulletproof. He's he's awesome. But like, I just it felt weird. And then have the Mysterios come out. I went. That was like a lead balloon. You know, it's just it's hard because Veer was doing such a great job. I know they came back. I know he didn't necessarily fall when they both got, you know, whoop, whoop, six, one, nine and whatever. And I appreciate it. But the other thing that really bothered me, JC, I don't know what it was. I don't know if Jerry Lawler's tall or Veer is smaller than advertised. He didn't look like a big man with Jerry Lawler. He looked like an average human, which I did not like. Yeah, I mean, Jerry's definitely big, but yeah, no, he definitely, he in terms of like them, and I think this is probably one of the reasons why Guthrie has an issue with it, in terms of an unbeatable monster, like you put him next to Lashley or Omos, he's going to get dwarfed too. So he's right. just, he's not, he has that larger than life persona, but it, it helps when you're facing the Mysterios and random jobbers that are our size. It just, it makes me feel like there is a glass ceiling for the poor bastard. Oh, the, handsome, the handsome bastard. 100% he's, is. He's going to be back in a tag team within two, a year and a half, two years. When Sanga gets called back up, they'll stick him back together. Or they'll stick him with Jinder and Shanky again, like they started to. In the oh, okay. Year. That's fair. I didn't know if that was how excited you were about Sanga, but he did a great job the other night. So I mean, I'd, anybody they put with Grayson Waller has my attention. And yeah, I thought that match on NXT actually was a lot of fun. Wesley's perfect to wrestle. He's like he's like NXT's version of Ricochet. Put him with all the Giants. Let him get thrown around. But I he will say this, if we talk about that quickly, is I mean, I didn't – it seems completely random, Wesley and Sanga as a tag team, but I'm kind of here for it. I think it could be a fun pairing. Sanga has a lot of endearing qualities about him. I don't know what it is, but it's just like maybe it's the handlebar mustache. He looks good I don't in know. Suit. I think it's I think it's he has he has sympathetic eyes. Like you look at him and he's like he's got these puppy dog eyes. Like you actually feel for the guy. Yeah, whereas Veer has more menacing eyes. Yeah, that. Veer, Veer, you can barely Veer looks like he's got like you know Stone Cold says those beady eyes. You know, yeah. like he, Veer has beady eyes. But you know, I could fall in love. I could fall in love with Sanga. Like those eyes are very beautiful. The That's sweet all. Sangha. The sweet, yeah. sweet Sangha loving. Sweet Sangha loving. Yeah. 
I'm just saying. He's he's a good looking man. He's like he's like he's he's like a more elegant Roman, not Roman, uh, Strowman. He looks like Strowman, <laughs> but like you just want to pet him a little. You just want to twirl his mustache. Yeah, you just want to you just want to like you know. <laughs> if those of you not watching video, Nestle's like acting out the mustache. The handlebars. Now you can tell me I'm doing something else. That's fine, but uh, that's fine. Anyway, let's move on because uh, you know stuff is gonna happen. Anything else that got you very excited or upset or whatever in the uh, the old heat here? Um, Xavier won with the backswoods again. How's that? Let's not. We're not. We're not talking about that anymore. Ray Ray brings this up, thinking it's a real fucking move. I hate it. I think it's stupid. I don't want to. I. I just. I just. I. I. My brain hurts. Well, you know what the shine of of this was though was Butch getting the Sheamus spotlight on the yes, yes. I, I just they can't miss with Butch. They can't miss. It is so fucking good week to week. I don't give a shit about anything else that happens. Anytime Butch is on my screen, I am fucking locked in. He is must see TV. And that entrance was fabulous. I just thought he looked a little small in the white light. Like it didn't help. That's him. why it was great. It was so funny. It was like a mini Seamus Brawler Brute. It, uh, so, it was so good. So good. It's tough. It's it's just so fucking tough. It really is, but whatever. Um, I think that's pretty much everything we can get here. Uh, I'm going to go into a different category here, if you're okay. And we're going to yeah, get let's hopeful. Let's get Glorious. hopeful. So here's something that I was thinking about from my hope. I, it's something that really bothered me. I, we had watched Gable versus Ezekiel for like the second week in a row, right? Yeah, and raw. here's No, I know. I know. But here's the thing that I was thinking about, JC, right? Like, and this is more the detective in me. Or like, I think that I like slapstick. I like stupid sometimes. And I think this is like right up our alley. But I just, I was watching this match and I, I thought, you know what's missing from this match? Them trying to like hold him down and get a DNA sample in the middle of the match. Like, I think that's where I want to go. I want them to like create a cart. Like if we have to watch this shit, like make it so that they're trying to get a DNA sample of him. Like whether they're trying to pluck his hair, they're trying to get a spit cup or they're like trying to get a fingerprint or whatever in the middle of the match. Like, give me some more entertainment value of it because Kevin Owens running in after a roll-up and pointing and being like, I'm going to see you at Hell in a Cell doesn't necessarily get me excited for it because there's no progression in it here. And I'm wondering how much longer we can possibly go because Kevin Owens can do whatever. Gable and Otis can do whatever. But Ezekiel slash Elias here, whatever he does after this is going to be crucial, right? And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking – there's not a lot of people on the roster, with the exception of the Miz, that I feel like can actually go with this. Miz and Theory, continue. and I think, and I think Theory's there, but I don't think Theory is necessarily as important. He's not the Miz KO level, hundred percent. Right, I think enough feud he can make it work. I think here's what I want: I want the Miz to continue doing his normal Miz things, but I think having the Miz help along this Ezekiel problem would be really beneficial going forward because I feel like the shelf life of Ezekiel will not last if we're done with KO and then it just dies because there's nobody that can handle it. And I think the Miz has to be the next person. Absolutely has to be the next person, whether he has connections, whether he's trying to defraud him, whatever it is, find a way to do it because I think that the Miz could find a lot of entertaining aspects of this character that haven't been massaged out by the Gables, the Otis's and especially the KOs. Not that they're bad at it, but I think the Miz's character lends a different kind of kind of ha ha to it. So that's my hope there. Interesting. Yeah, no, I did. I definitely agree. I think because the Ezekiel thing to me, the reason why it's so good is because of KO and Gable and Otis. So what happens next? 
Um, because as you know, Elias soured on us a little bit by the end. So that is interesting. My hope, Nestlemania, is uh about the new day having a mystery partner. It obviously won't be Big E as they take on the Brawling Brutes on Friday. So I was thinking, I was like, man, who could this be? I'm like going through the roster. I'm just like, not no one's jumping out. So I'm like, you know what? Xavier on another platform had a little tease about something. A fr- a, one of his very good friends used to work with WWE. One of my favorite all-time wrestlers in Slovenia. Xavier Woods said Prince Pretty is back. So my hope as a third member for the New Day on Friday is Tyler Breeze, baby. No, you know what else would be great? Tyler Breeze versus Butch. Oh, wrestling. Give it to me. So you know what? That's my hope, short and simple. I want Tyler Breeze to be the mystery opponent because I couldn't think of any other better answer. You know, it ain't going to be the big O. The big O is doing something else. So it's just, a, it, there's no logical sense. So I'm like, you know, you kind of get off the board. There's these other teases going on. Uh, Tyler Breeze isn't working anywhere else. So why wouldn't WWE bring it back? Guys, it's stuck. Come on. So hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. Look at that, WrestleMania. We both had mid-card hopes this week. Hey, you know what? We got we to make that mid-card. We didn't even talk about your boy Gunther uh, showing up and beating up. Uh, Gunther, is, he's, he's eyeing that IC championships, by the I way. I told so. you, man. It makes too much sense. He's going to hold that thing I thought like you were going to take years. a victory lap this week. Our boy West thought hey, so as well. I don't have to take a victory lap. Maybe the results speak for themselves, baby. Uh, maybe you should take a real Bo Dallas victory lap when Gun- Gunther wins. I will. Yes, yes, I just my butt. I just, I just imagine you running around your tidy whities with your like intercontinental championship being like, I won, I won. Everything no. about the tidy whities, I can't wear those. I need it loose down there. You know? All right. Anyway, let's not talk about breathability. Well, you know, Slomania, you know what else makes people uncomfortable? It's close you. talkers. So my comeback this week goes to Max Dupree, who closely talked to Adam Pierce in his promo this week. This is very uncomfortable, so I'm going to leave back now. You also but, sound awful when you did it, so. Yeah, because I'm, like, away from the mic and talking yeah. into, like, the camera. Uh, but, yeah, no, I'm giving it to Max Dupree, formerly LA Knight, formerly Eli Drake, uh, because we kind of got a tease of this, you know, in, like, some dark matches where, you know, he was taking out his one of his clients' face. Uh, as Monsoor's also been one of his clients in the dark matches, so we'll see what they are. But uh, we thought we were getting night model management. Instead, we got... Max Dupree something, something. I thought it was Maximum Model Male. Maximum model, model Management. That's what it was. I couldn't come with it. But mm. I just, I loved this promo because Max Dupree is so fucking good. So good. And Pierce is someone in the back where he has like those like, oh, the dumb, like I'm a GM facial expression. So the characters could just bounce off them and like do their thing. But the close talking just sold it for me so much because what did Max Dupree have to do here? In this promo, he had to come off as a douchebag that you're supposed to hate, who is like a skeezy, slimy son of a bitch. And that's how he came off. He came off as a huge douchebag. And that's what you wanted out of this. You already set up the little bit of friction with Pierce by mentioning the Sonya thing. It's just like, this is going to be great. He's going to get out in front of crowds. He's going to get to run his mouth and do his thing. This is going to be gold, man. So Max Dupree, you get my comeback because I'm excited for it. Wow. All right. My comeback My comeback this week goes to somebody that I wasn't necessarily impressed with and then I started watching NXT last night and I went, "Hey, they deserve a little bit of praise." I'm going to give it to Roxy because honestly, I went and thought about it and I thought, "Well, first off, Nikita Lyons, whether she has a real injury or not, we can talk about that or whatever. But if she has a legit injury, seems like she sucks. does. That yeah. sucks because she was on fire." Yep. And we obviously know that she'll be back and, and things will be different. But Roxy, to me, was penciled in to win anyway. But then they had this weird thing where they had uh, your girl Tiffany Stratton 
come in and and, and beat uh, Fallon, and it seemed like a, a no brainer. Yeah. It's been the you know Wade sitting there talking about that, but all I could think about was Roxy needs to win this because Roxy did a great job backstage making me feel like I had to watch a goddamn Cora Jade interview. But I was sitting there going, I don't hate, I don't hate Roxy. Like I, I thought it was like transmitted over to both of them. Like they were just annoying sisters or something, but it's not the case. It's just a Cora Jade thing. So when, when Roxy was doing her business in the ring and I saw the way that she presented herself, I felt like there's a little Diana Perrazzo in here. There's a little bit of AJ Lee. There's a little bit of other things. So when I was watching her wrestle, clearly she's better than probably 75% of the women right now. 100%. She's probably, she's going to be probably hundred percent better by the time she gets the main roster. So I wanted to put respect on that name because I think that that is important. Uh, I, I didn't see the big deal. I thought she had a lot of growing to do, but honestly, I think she's head and shoulders now above everybody else. And especially watching her against lash, I went, you know, there, yeah. there is a, there is a mile. There is a yeah. galaxy mile between the two. Um, so Roxy gets my comeback. Uh, that's and I'm glad you brought up that backstage promo because when I was watching that because Ro- Roxanne is incredibly likable. She just has like that likable yeah. appeal, kind of like just she's just likable. But like watching her with Cora Jade, I'm like, man, Cora Jade's gonna be a really good heel someday because Got the it. reasons why a lot of people don't like her, like they can come off and you have playing her against someone who's like her friend who's really likable. It's just like, man she could really, really, really be a good heel. So I think, and I mean, it's crazy to see like that she's taller than Roxy and you realize how short she is. But I mean, both these girls are like 20, 21 years old. So they're young. But I mean, Roxanne's called the prodigy. And I legitimately, like, I do feel like she is the future of WWE in the women's division. She's obviously only 20. So we could be talking about her for the next 20 to 30 years. But I just, every time I see her, I'm more impressed. I think she's fluid. I think she fits. And yeah, I think her and Stratton next week, I'm pumped for that because you talk about someone else who I think is a prodigy. Tiffany Stratton has been wrestling like less than a year and she brought her athleticism, which we see, but sometimes when you get these athletes in the rain, it takes a while to translate. She's picked it up so fast, man. Like this, these two, like this could be something, this could be like the birth of like a rivalry for the next like decade, two decades, like two in terms of like star power, like, Roxanne and Tiffany Stratton, I think the sky's the limit for both of them. I think the hardest part for me about Stratton, and again, this is just me being me, her finish, she looked like she dislocated poor Fallon's shoulder with that spin, whatever she does in the corner. My thought would be just know how to handle it, know how to land it so you don't break everybody's collarbones every time you do it because then you get the nobody wants to work with you kind of feeling. But that's just me. Other than that, she did a great job. But again, I just want people to be safe. That's really what it comes down to for me. Nestle so. wants everyone in a bubble. No high spots. That wasn't a high spot. That was that I was know. a that was a that was a three quarter flippy, flippy dippy flapjack. She didn't she she didn't rotate properly. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you have trouble throwing it in rotation. But Nestlemania, um, not much to talk about here in the finish because you know we'll preview next week's NXT on next week's show. Um, and I didn't write it down, so that's part of the reason. We already talked about SmackDown having whatever. On Raw, Lacey Evans returns to action. Will she be a heel or a baby face? I think that she will come out as a baby and have something happen where she has to be a heel. Thank you. That's what I want. Cool. We're on the same page. I would hope, right? Like That's if she doesn't, what happens? Are you, are you upset if she's a baby face? No, but I just think like she just, the way they've been doing it, I just, it makes so much sense that we're getting like the, the bait and switch here. I mean, she had a, it sucks that she bared her soul for those seven, or eight promos. And then she, has I to think come that back. makes her even better of a heel oh, though, okay. right. because like she overcame it. And the, I think it's one of those things like 
we start like we really like come to her side and like whether like you feel bad for her or whatever or you're just empowered by her to have her flip it on you and just be like no fuck you it's just like that hurts even more hurts even more and i mean her and bianca as a feud like that's the money that's i think where they go next like that's that's a money feud i think i think Lacey's a top heel when she's healthy and not having babies like i think she is a top heel in the company okay all right got it anything else it's all i got baby that's all right. That's all we need, I guess, at this point. So we've talked enough. We hope you enjoy Double or Nothing this weekend if you can watch it. And uh, we'll be back next week with some more Jobber Knockery. This is war. Maybe we'll get to hear that again soon.